0: Today at Kalos Church, we're discussing...
1: How to do what you can't do. Yeah,
0: let's do it! Wait, what?
1: Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Amrita Jeeva.
0: And I'm Pradeepan Jeeva.
1: We're so thankful that you're joining us online yeah. today. Kalos is a Greek word that means beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we hope today that you experience the beauty yes. of Jesus. Right now, there are people gathering in house gatherings all over mm-hmm. the Seattle area, yeah. as well as watching us online. If you would like to get content like this every week, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Follow us on social media and join a house gathering.
0: Yes. You know, as a tra- that meets digital and from house to house. We want to stay connected. So every week we share a prayer request and some good news. Mm -hmm. And today I want to share some good news because last week we launched our house gatherings. And not only that, we had our first ever meet and greet. And I'm so excited to share that new people are actually joining our Kalos Church community. People who have moved here from different states, people who are looking for a church, they were able to connect with us in a CDC-friendly way, but in real life. And I'm so excited to see that Jesus is still building the church even in the midst of a pandemic and people are meeting from house to house hey give me a shout if you're in a house right now woohoo you're in a house (laughs) right now Yeah, I love it. So we praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Jesus. And we also want to share a prayer request. You know, right now we need to pray, church. Our nation is in turmoil. Right now, the president and the first lady have been diagnosed with COVID. As far as the recent update that I heard, they have been airlifted to a hospital. And no matter what your political beliefs are, we need to pray for people, for our leaders in this nation, and all those who are suffering with this sickness. And I want to just really share that prayers of mercy are not prayers of endorsement. We're not making a political stance right now. As a church, we are loyal to Jesus and Jesus alone, but we can pray even for our political enemies and for those we politically love. We can pray as a church. Amen. Amen. So why don't we pray right now? Dear Father, we lift up all those who are suffering with COVID, who are experiencing this Sickness, the sickness that's just rampaged throughout our nation. Lord, we lift up the President and First Lady of the United States of America right now. Lord, we pray for comfort, yes. healing, and wisdom for all of those involved with this whole ordeal. Lord, we pray that your will would be done, your kingdom would come into this whole situation. Lord, we ask for your peace, the presence of Christ to enter, enter this circumstance, Lord. And so we lift up all of these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. amen.
1: Well, I am so excited to share with you and introduce our guest speaker for today. His name is Pastor Aaron Stern, and he pastors a church called Mill City Church in Fort Collins. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Pradeep and I have memories of going to his ministry years ago. He used to be a pastor of young adults in Colorado Springs, and that's actually where we met. And we would go to this young adult ministry and worship the Lord, and it was so awesome. And Aaron has become a good friend of ours as a church plant. Center as well and we're so excited because his church right now mill city church has been doing house gatherings mm-hmm. for the last five weeks yeah. and they're blowing up it's yeah. incredible so we're so excited this is something really special we can't wait for you to hear what god has put on aaron's yes. heart for us here at Kayla's church
2: Happy Sunday, Kalos Church. I am so honored to be with you today, and before I jump in, I just want to take a moment and brag on your pastors. Pradeep and Amritha are amazing. They're amazing leaders, such great pastors, and as I've been following what you all are doing in Seattle, I'm just so proud of you as a church, and and I love what God has done through you as a church, and so excited about what God will do. I believe that your future is bright, and I can truly say that the best is yet to come. Just to give you a little idea of who I am, I have been married to my wife Jossie. We just celebrated 25 years of marriage, and we have four boys: uh, Parker, Cohen, Brooks, and Smith. It's my little law firm, Parker Cohen Brooks and Smith and Associates, and and their ages: 18, 16, 14 and 11. And uh, some people have said, man, you just must love kids. You got so many kids in such a short amount of time. And the reality is, is I, I, I don't love kids, uh, but I'm crazy about my wife. Uh, my wife doesn't like it when I tell that joke, but I sure do. Uh, but but we, we planted our church, Mill City Church in Fort Collins, just a little over eight years ago. And uh, what a wild and amazing ride it has been as we followed Jesus and have, have have strived to and planted a life-giving church in the middle of this city and we've loved to see, seeing God do some amazing thing connecting people to others and bringing them into community people coming alive in Jesus but one of the things that we decided early on is that we were going to be more married to the mission than we were to our methods and so we were willing to shift things in order for the mission to move forward. And it was actually that posture that caused us to be willing to do house gatherings and and to to shift what we were doing and how we were doing things. And and so we're excited to be now just several weeks into this. I know we're several weeks ahead of you all. I'm so excited about what you all are doing and excited about the fruit that's going to come from it and what God will do in each house gathering and through you collectively as a church as you meet all over Seattle. And so in the last several weeks, we have seen house gatherings continue to pop up and continue to grow. Uh, we actually now have over 60 house gatherings and, and many of them are full and some of them even overflowing. And, and so we continuing to cr- try and create space for people to engage and connect with one another, connect with Jesus and come alive in him. We're seeing needs met uh, in house gatherings and through house gatherings. We're seeing people find community that find, we're finding themselves in a place of isolation and in a place of loneliness. We've seen people come to life as they've put their trust and their faith in Jesus, as they experience the hospitality of the church. And so I'm excited about what this is going to look like over the next few months as we continue to lean in and really be uh, the church not meeting in one or two locations like we normally are, but have locations all over our city. So I just wanna encourage you, would you commit? Commit to your house gatherings, commit to this strategy because of the way that it is moving the mission forward in your city. So I love the series that I've been invited to speak into uh, and, and your series title of do whatever it takes. What an amazing posture to say, we're gonna do whatever it takes. And so we're gonna adjust and we're going to, we're gonna lean in and maybe some new ways. We're going to, we're gonna go all in. And, and so I'm really excited about that posture, but I have some bad news for you. And that is that you can't do it. You'll do whatever it takes, but you can't do it. <laughs> it's, and the reason is it's going to take so much more than just you. Now here's the, here's the good news. If the bad news is that you can't do it, the good news is that God knew you couldn't do it. And so God, in his grace and in his providence towards us, in his goodness, provided what we need in order to do what he's called us to do. And this isn't just for house gatherings now. This is uh, actually something that we see very, very early on in the church. I want to draw our attention to Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. This is uh, the very beginning of the church. This is Jesus having ascended to heaven. And it says on one occasion, and this is kind of picking up from the gospel of Luke and picking up from Jesus before He does ascend to heaven. It says on one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, them being his disciples, he gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So that last verse there is what we call the great commission, which is to preach the gospel, to communicate the message and the hope And the beauty of Jesus to the world. And so he gives this amazing assignment to his disciples. And it's the same assignment that you and I have as followers of Jesus in this day. But he's saying this to them. I've got this command for you. I've got this assignment for you. I've got this great commission for you. But the job or the assignment cannot be done by human strength alone. He's saying, you're going to need something more than just you to do it. And so he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so if you continue on in the book of Acts, the apostles end up waiting for, and the Holy Spirit descends on them. And it was after that that they start going out into Jerusalem. People start coming to faith in Jesus, and they end up going to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost bounds of the earth. It goes out from Jerusalem. So we today, as a follower of Jesus, if you find yourself as a follower of Jesus today, have the same commission to go, to bring the good news, to share the good news of Jesus, that he is the hope of the world and that he is the one that we would follow. He is the one and true king. The commission is the same Therefore, even for us in this day, advances in technology, advances in medicine, so many more advances maybe since the first century, but even so, we still need a power to fulfill the assignment given to us. See, God's people are promised an all-sufficient power for an all-consuming assignment. So if you and I are going to do what God has called us to do, if you and Kalos Church is going to do what you're called to do, you're going to need help. You're going to need additional power. And as an individual, we need power. We need power to live in the way that God has called us to live. Maybe you're considering and praying about, or maybe about being a host for a house gathering. I don't know if I can do that. I I think I, I just feel too insecure. I feel inadequate. I would, I would love for you to just take a look at the life of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says this. This is out of the message uh, paraphrase of the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 4, he says, I was unsure of how to go about this and felt totally inadequate. I was scared to death. Maybe that describes how you might feel about stepping into something like hosting a house gathering. Scared to death, if you want the truth of it, and so nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else. But the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it, which made it clear that your life of faith is a response to God's power, not to some fancy mental or emotional footwork by me or anyone else. What's Paul saying? He said, "I, I just, I just stepped out. I was scared. I felt inadequate." but I stepped out and if it was just up to me, I think it would have fallen on my face. But he, he says, it was the spirit's power who worked through my weakness. See, I, I think there's so many of us who would say, yeah, I want to operate in the strength of God. I want the power and the strength of God. But But if we read on in Paul's writings, he says that in order for us to experience the power and the strength of God, then we've got to embrace our weakness. So So I love the strength of God. I just don't like how I get it. And it's to say, yeah, I I am inadequate. Yeah, I I, I am too weak. But it is in those places of admitting and embracing our weakness that God's power and his strength are made known in us. Philippians chapter 2, again, the Apostle Paul writing this time to the church at Philippi. He says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's such an interesting contrast there. He says, for it's God who works in us by the grace of God. God works powerfully in us. But he doesn't say, so just just rest in his grace and you don't need to do anything, no effort. No, instead, he says, for it is God you need to work out your salvation, but it is God who works in you. It is a, it's a partnership. It's a partnership between, between you and the Holy Spirit. It's a partnership between you and the additional power needed to do what God's called us to do. Now, I don't know what your, your church background is like. Maybe you, you come from no church background and you're like, oh, I've never heard much about the Holy Spirit. I want to hear more about this. Or maybe you do have some church background or and maybe to 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 hear about and say oh we're going to talk about the holy spirit is is makes you a little nervous and 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 understandably so unfortunately there's there's ways that the holy spirit has been connected to weird things or emotionalism or maybe even abuse and manipulation but but the reality, and so therefore we kind of distance ourselves i don't want to be a part of that and and uh, if that's if that's what that means, I I think I'll, I'll I'll no thank you. And so we kind of treat the Holy Spirit then like the 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 third ranked member of the Trinity, like the bronze medalist as if he's kind of the third wheel of the Trinity kind of sitting over in the corner just saying like, hey, hey um, God the Father, Jesus the Son, I'm over here. if you ever need anything, just just let me know, just call on me I mean I'm here to here to serve. but but the reality is is that's not who the Holy Spirit is. He, he's not the crazy uncle that we, we we kinda just don't wanna, we don't wanna spend too much time with, and the Holy Spirit isn't a buy two, get one free. See, because if we read through the book of Acts and we look through the New Testament and we see the operation of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not associated with weirdness, maybe some unique things, but the Holy Spirit is associated with boldness and with salvation and with tr- the church growing. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit's not weird. I just think people are weird, and and so I, I hope that we will tap into that which is available to us. Several years ago, I went to South America, and uh, as I was learning about the culture and about geography and some of the different things going on, uh, we got the opportunity to go to the Amazon River, and 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 I heard this story about this one area, uh, where where it's known as maybe one of the the most rich places in the entire world in terms of natural resources. And on top of it, on top of that particular area, live some of the poorest people in the world. See, I think that we don't want to be the church that is living on top of the greatest power source available to us, but not tapping into it. See, I want And my my desire is for me and for you, for us as the church in Fort Collins, the church in Seattle and the church around the world to take the posture of if God's got it, I want it. I, I may not understand it, but I want it. I may not maybe even totally know how to engage and walk with the Holy Spirit, but I want it because it's something that God has available for me. And he says that I'm going to need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to do what he's called me to do. I grew up in Colorado Springs, and um, I, I when I was a, in high school, I was a part of a youth group that really started to grow and started with just a few kids and ended up uh, growing to over a, a few hundred students at that time, and specifically in Colorado Springs. That was a huge youth group. And and we you know, outs, on the outskirts of Colorado Springs, there was, Known to be maybe some witchcraft type activity and a particular witch coven that um, somehow we had heard was praying against our, our our church and specifically our youth group and but but after a while we end there ended up being a, a teenager that came to faith in Jesus and ended up coming to our youth group and so uh, we ended up sitting down with them and asking some questions about <laughs> what's it like on the dark side really and and one of the questions that we asked one time was was, what do, you, what, do you think, what, do, what do you think about the church? And the response was really interesting because he kind of chuckled a little bit. And he says, well, in some ways, we think the church is a joke. He said, except we're deathly afraid of the church that fully embraces the power of the Holy Spirit. I've never forgotten that. And I've always thought, I always want to be a person that embraces the power of the Holy Spirit because we're in a battle, and I want to move in the power that God has given in order to do what God has called us to do. So you might say, well, well, how, Aaron? How how, how do I how do I embrace the Holy Spirit? Maybe this idea of walking with the Holy Spirit, tapping into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's power is a new thing for you. I, I, I think it's important for us maybe to, to understand who the Holy Spirit is and how the, the scripture across the board talks about the Holy Spirit from beginning to end. And, and so I just want to give you a little idea here. Um, the, the word spirit in Hebrew is ruach and in Greek is pneuma. But this word, this Hebrew word ruach is kind of like, like breath. It's, it's, it's almost like kind of hard to describe. It's, it's why in, in the New Testament specifically, the Holy Spirit is often described as wind. But it is the breath of God, the the of God, the life breath of God that that animates his world, animates his people. And and there's a pattern specifically in the first couple chapters of Genesis, but we see this, we this happen over and over again throughout the scripture where, where where the Holy Spirit fills a place. He fills a the Holy Spirit fills someone. And in the New Testament, we read about the filling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and, but the reality is is it's, it's, it's that God fills that which gives him space. And, and it's a pattern that we need to pay attention to. Even in Genesis, God creates for, and forms space, land and water, and then he fills it. He fills the land with animals and vegetation. He fills the water with, with life. And in the same way, he fills Adam and Eve with the life breath. He breathes into their lost nostrils the breath of life. And in the same way, what we want to do as the people of God is that we want to give space for the Holy Spirit to fill. So I, I like to think of it this way. It's kind of like going through life and maybe going uh, either together or, or individually towards something that God's calling us towards. We might find ourselves in a boat, and you find yourself on a body of water, and you maybe know where you're supposed to go, the direction you're supposed to be heading. And you could and you can take some time and kind of pull out your oar, pull out your paddle, and start paddling, and start start pushing that water. And maybe you start to go somewhere, especially if there's no wind, or especially if if the water's really smooth and you're going with the current. But uh, if you start going against the current, or especially if you start going against the wind, you might not even be able to move. You might be paddling as hard as you can and you're not going anywhere. Or maybe you're paddling as hard as you can and you got wind and current against you and you're actually losing ground. So I think that we can go through life trying to muscle it on our own and kind of make our way. And, or we can, we can raise our sail. We can raise a sail and, and say, Holy Spirit of God, would you fill this space? Would you push me forward? Because if you've ever been in a sailboat before, you can raise your sail. And actually, even if the wind is coming against you, you can put the sail out in such a way that it will use the resistance to push you forward. And so my desire, my desire for myself, my desire for you, my desire for you as a church collectively, Kalos, is It should be a church that would raise your sale if it's house gatherings if it's to host a house gathering you say I don't know if I can do this but I'm gonna raise my sale and I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit push this thing forward I don't know if I can if I can if I can I don't know if I've got what it takes but' I'm, I'm gonna put up my sale because if, if it's just up to me and my effort I'm pretty sure I'm gonna make a mess but I can partner I can partner with the Holy Spirit raise my sale I love. What Ephesians chapter 5 says, the Apostle Paul, again writing, and this time writing to the church at Ephesus, in verse 18, he says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, this word filled is not a one-time filling. It's an ongoingly filled to overflowing filled. Like, uh, keep getting filled and keep getting filled to overflowing. And so, maybe a really simple step to engaging, embracing the Holy Spirit, to saying, God, if you've got it, I want it." He's just to say, come Holy Spirit. Maybe to wake up every morning and to say, come Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Today I raise my sail and I ask by the power and the wind of the Holy Spirit, you'd move me forward. So, So you can't do it, but God knew you couldn't. And so he gave us what we needed in order to do what he's called us to do. So I just want to end this message with a question. And that is, what's your next step? See, I, I, think, I think we need not listen to a message and just say, well, that's, that's some interesting information. Thanks for that. I know, now know a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. Actually, the, the question is, what am I going to do with what I just heard? And there might be a lot of things or there might be like, oh, I need to do this and it's going to take me a while to get there. But really, what am I going to do next? What's my next step? Because we all can take one step. Maybe for you today, it's, it's to say yes to God, to say yes to his work in your life, to surrender your life to him, to say, you know what? I've been, I've been trying really hard to just push my life forward. And I'm finding myself up against a lot of resistance and feel like I'm going backwards. And this is a lot of work. And I I think I'm going to get worn out. And the idea of tapping in to a supernatural power source in order for me to be who God's called me to be, that's what I need, which is going to mean that I'm going to have to trust. I'm going to have to surrender. And so if that's you, maybe your next step is to cross the line of faith. If if that's the step that the Holy Spirit is calling you towards today, then I just encourage you to, under your breath, say, God, I, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you today. It's not the only thing that you need to say to God, but it's a wonderful first thing to say to God. Maybe, maybe that's the first time you've ever said that, or maybe you find yourself far from God, and, and you need to recommit your life to Jesus today. God, I surrender my life to you. Or maybe your next step is to step into something that maybe you feel a bit inadequate. Maybe it's to, to step into a house gathering. I'm not sure if I, uh, maybe that's a big step for you. Or maybe it's to step into being a, a house gathering host. Or maybe maybe there's a, a an opportunity for you to step into that you've been unsure about, but you feel and sense the call of God on your life. You feel like I can't do this, certainly there's somebody better than me, but God is calling you in, knowing you can't do it on your own but providing the power and, the, and everything you need to do what he's calling you to do. So I just want to take a moment, pray for you as we close. God, we need you. God, we want to be the people you've called us to be. God, we want to be more loving. We want to be more kind. We want to be uh, the the individuals, the, the the husbands and the wives, the siblings, the employees, the employers that you've called us to be, to to honor others, to love one another, to to be kind. And sometimes we might even feel in those small ways that we can't do it. By the power of the Holy Spirit, would you help us and transform us? And collectively as a church, God, I pray that, that we would tap into the power source that you've given to us. That we would not be those who are working and trying to exert all of our own energy and and yet sitting on top of or having access to the greatest power source available to us. And so, Holy Spirit of God, we say, come, have your way. Fill us today. Fill us to overflowing. This we pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, everyone said...